Weddings ish, 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 with Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. This episode, our wedding planning tip, I talk all about etiquette behind thank you notes for your wedding and or all of your wedding events, your wedding gifts. I tell you the do's and the don'ts of how to do your wedding thank you cards correctly. Our special guests this episode are Mara and Ronnie, the co-owners of Kleinfeld Bridal, and we have the best conversation about the history of Kleinfeld Bridal. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Wedding thank you notes. This is definitely one small part of the puzzle that is wedding planning and the world of weddings, but it is a huge one. A handwritten thank you note to anyone who attended your wedding or sent you a gift or supported you along the way is a small gesture that means the world. It's one of the sort of last pieces of etiquette that's really holding on tightly, but I wanted to clear up some myths. Some happy couples think they have a year or more grace period after their wedding to write their notes. I'm here to tell you all that that is wrong. That is not correct. I definitely would say the longest you have after getting a gift for your wedding or a card for your wedding or a check for your wedding is three months. You don't have a year. You don't have six months. You don't have a year and a half. When you get a gift, write a card the very next day. Make it easy. Set a goal that every night before you go to bed or every morning when you wake up, you handwrite your thank you note. I mean, getting them out about a month after the wedding sounds good, but why procrastinate? If if all of your gifts are coming in in ebbs and flows, one here, one there, the day you get it, open it up, celebrate, write a thank you card authentically in that moment or within that week. That way, you don't have to write hundreds of notes the month after your wedding when you're back from the honeymoon, looking at photos or reliving memories. Just get it done. Don't be lazy. Don't procrastinate. And don't think you have a whole year to wait to give out thank you cards. We are waiting for your cards. So let's talk about stationery. Um, it is stationary. So you're not going to opt for a cheap blank card, a pre-printed card, not a phone call, not an email, and definitely not a post on your website saying, thanks to everyone for all of your gifts. You cannot mass spam everyone a thank you for the time, energy, and money they spent to get you a personal gift or give you cash or check for your wedding day. You have to personalize it. You have to write individual names. And the cards should just be cute. They don't have to be custom. They don't have to have a wedding photo. All of those ideas are nice, but they should definitely say thank you or be, you know, printed with a beautiful logo or an image or colors. Um, For those couples who really want the wedding photo on the thank you cards, I encourage you just to use one that a friend took on their phone or use one from the engagement shoot. Otherwise, you're now waiting a few months to get the photo, and then you have to make the cards, print the cards, get the cards, address the cards, and fill out the cards. So now we're at three, four, five, six months, and you haven't even sent cards for the gifts that have already arrived and likely that you're already enjoying. So we never encourage couples to use actual wedding photos. If you're down and you want your wedding outfit on your card, ask a friend on the wedding day to take a snapshot of you with their phone, or potentially if your photographer does do a sneak peek, ask them for the orientation vertical or horizontal that you want for your thank you card, and make sure they're sending that in the first week so there's no delay in getting out your thank you card. So who needs a note anyways? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but I just want to go through it with you. But anyone that offers you a gift at your engagement, your shower, or your wedding, they deserve a handwritten note um, to that person, that, that couple, or that family. Even if you've already thanked them in person, which is gracious and kind, a note should follow. Anyone who gives you money, whether it's cash or check or honey fund, anyone who shelled out some money your way is definitely good for a thank you. More than thanking them for their generosity, it's to let them know that they received your cash or your check and that they're good. 
that it didn't get lost in the shuffle, it wasn't stolen. It's just a thank you. You can definitely say the amount if you feel comfortable or just thank you for the check, thank you for the cash. So they're fully at ease knowing you got what they had coming for you. Uh, Your wedding party. I think always a gift is nice, but you can definitely send a lovely note um, to say thank you for being part of my wedding party. Um, Anyone who has hosted any event for your wedding at all should absolutely get a note, uh, and that should come within two to three days of your event. Uh, No one should get that a year later. That should happen right away. They've hosted an event at a major part of your life. You absolutely need to give them a verbal and a written note and probably even a gift or a few right away. Anyone um, who sort of opens up their home for your friends and family during the wedding week to stay there, they need a thank you card. Um, Anyone who's offered anything to your wedding, if your neighbor lets you use their parking spot, if your other neighbor lets you use their lawn for the ceremony, anyone who's pitched in that isn't a professional vendor that you haven't paid that's gone out of their way to help you, you absolutely owe them a thank you note. Of course, all vendors, speaking of vendors, would love a thank you note. It's definitely not expected. Um, You've hired us. You've paid us for a service. We've delivered it. Hopefully, you're happy. Um, But anyone who really goes above and beyond for you and makes you feel super special, I would say send them a little note. And especially sometimes the photographer, once you get the photos, a thank you note or a gift after is always much appreciated, especially when you're living in the moment of seeing all the images. Write the note that night. Don't wait a month, two months, or a year. Just write it. And of course, anyone who's hosting your wedding. So whether that's your family members, um, or your friends, whoever it may be that's helping you financially pay for the wedding, in addition to hugs, kisses, and a million thank yous in person, a handwritten note will go a long way. So yes, I know I'm all about modern wedding planning, but this old school side just has to stick around because there's nothing sweeter than a handwritten note hand-signed by you and your husband or wife Uh, to all of those who've helped you along the way. So keep it sweet, keep it personal, write it by hand, and send it out ASAP. Nobody's waiting a year. You don't have six months. Get your gift, say thank you, and do it ASAP. Weddings-ish! I am super excited to be sitting in Kleinfeld Bridal with the principal owners, Mara Urschel and Ronnie Rothstein. How are you? We're thrilled to be with you today. Great. I'm happy to have you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, so Kleinfeld Bridal. I guess the first misnomer, there's no S. It's not Kleinfeld. Ne- never an S. Never, never an S. Never an S. Kleinfeld or in Bridal. Kleinfeld. Oh, right. Perfect. Singular. <laughs> Singular. One name, many dresses. Singular. Very um, many. And so how many dresses do you carry in this New York City? This is your flagship store? This is our only store, Your and only it is store. our flagship store. Okay. And we carry about 1,500 and sometimes more. Wow. Dresses that are one of a kind. Okay. One of each one. 1,500 for dresses. For the brides to select from. Yes. And they're new every season. They're new styles every season. Okay, so it never goes out of date. No, it never gets and, stale. and they're batched from 70 designers. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. How, what's the process like to select those designers? Well, uh, we see everybody. I'm and, sure. You know, it's been interesting because the uh, wedding business has become so popular mm-hmm. in media and everything. And so the designers have multiplied. Mm-hmm. Uh, a day doesn't go by that I don't get a call from a brand new designer. I'm sure. Or an old designer who would like to become a new designer. Uh-huh. And so we see them all. And uh, we have a very broad demographic mm-hmm. uh, because we really cater to brides from all over the world uh-huh. and also to all different price points. Okay. So in essence, sometimes I say we're like a department store because we have all the different price ranges that a store would have if they were different departments. Sure, because everyone because, has a different budget. Right. So within those brackets, we really have to cover all the trends mm-hmm. and cover all the styles that are important. Mm-hmm. And we only choose the designers that we think are important. Okay. And, um, 
you know, right now the trends are a little bit more sexy yeah. and glamorous. Okay. So uh, they have to be covered in every single price point, in every shape. Also, sleeves are coming back. So yeah. we have a lot of dresses with the bodice design and sleeves. So when we do our selection, we see that every look is covered mm -hmm. in every single price point. That's amazing. And we also have plus sizes, which also have to be thought about of in course. a very fashion trend trendy way. Because unfortunately, I think a lot of plus size girls, which is the majority of the market, <coughs> feel like they're forgotten or there isn't a place for them. But you, what are your size ranges? Uh, well, they go up to whatever they want it to be because oh, wow. that becomes highly customized. Okay. You know, we, we will buy a sample size in anywhere from 14 to 24 okay. in those ranges. But then if they need to be larger, that's not a problem. Okay. Uh, I think the problem with plus sizes have been that everybody has an assumption that only a certain gown can work in a, a plus size, like an A-line. Sure. And that's as far from <clears throat> reality as anything. Okay. Because they want to be as glamorous and sexy as anybody as, else, as a regular size girl. So, yeah. so that's what we have to accomplish and, okay. and try to, within that selection, take care of the things that where they need to be covered or they need to have a special kind of look done. Okay, I love that. And what is your price point from the low end to the high end? We have we start around two thousand dollars. Two thousand. Uh -huh. Sometimes a little bit less, but around okay. 2000 is where we are. And then so we really, go up to wherever. Whatever, depending on what they want. Yeah. You know, we have uh, dresses that uh, in stock that are sometimes $25,000, dollars $30,000. And uh, if they're customized by a designer, they even go higher than that. Sure, depending. I think there's maybe a stigma that you only sell really expensive dresses, but obviously that's not the case. It's not the case at all. Okay. I think that probably... Um, comes from the TV show somewhat. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, our brand is very iconic. Yeah. And there's a lot of misconceptions about things like that. So that's why we're here, to clear it all up. So all girls, all shapes, all sizes, budgets from $2,000 on up to whatever you can imagine. Right. And we also have a lot of samples mm -hmm. that are available to brides that are have a very short date for their wedding. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, or they want a second dress. Okay. And we have them available all the time. Yeah. And they're from our regular stock, so they're as trendy, as fashionable as our stock is. Sure, and then they don't have to use the sort of nine-month timeline to get a dress if they want no, something no, quicker. No, they don't. Yeah, we, we can cater to that. Okay. And we also can do regular special orders in a short time from certain people okay. in a selection of dresses. What's your recommendation if a bride just got engaged, her wedding's a year and a half away, when should she really start trying on dresses, looking for dresses? Well, the normal time is really anywhere from nine to 12 months. Mm -hmm. uh, but like right now, it's getting shorter. Yeah, there's a millennium bride who is uh, in a hurry. In a hurry, <laughs> and uh, wants to push her buttons, yeah. and she gets a ring, and she wants to get married, and very very quickly. And we've have to accommodate that. Okay, so you're flexible here, but you still abide by the nine to twelve. Absolutely. Nice. Okay, so let's talk about the TV show. I feel like it's the number one wedding show out there. Say yes to the dress. How did this idea come about? Where did this begin? So, Kleinfeld had always been supplying the dresses for TV shows. Oh, okay. when when going back into the '60s and '70s and '80s and '90s, when when some when one of the local networks or ABC or CBS or NBC when they were doing some sort of a bridal segment, which wasn't mm -hmm. nearly as often as it is today. They would come to Kleinfeld to get dresses because Kleinfeld had all of the designers. Got it. So they would send their stylists and their producers to Brooklyn to pick out dresses, and then they could have seven or eight designers with seven or eight dresses and have models and whatever. Mm -hmm. So Kleinfeld developed the reputation for having all things for everybody. To be a go-to, yeah. Yes. And as a result of that and the fact that Kleinfeld is the, is the largest single-site retailer of bridal dresses in the world. Mm -hmm. The fact is that when reality shows came along, everybody decided that it was time to do bridal. Mm -hmm. And for a period of two years, every week we got calls from producers. I'm sure. And, and our concern in those days was, was what would happen to our brand. 
because you can't control no. a reality show. No, you have zero control. You have zero control. And so everybody came in. They came in from California. They came in from all over the country. We, we met with them on a regular basis. And uh, we, we came very close to doing a big deal with Lifetime. Mm-hmm. It was a major deal. And uh, our lawyer at the time who was representing us was Joan Rivers' lawyer and mm-hmm. everybody's lawyer on the West Coast who was doing deals. And uh, we went through two or three changes of management in the year we were negotiating to do the deal, and then it broke up. Okay. And our concern was always we don't want to show on television something that's detrimental to the brand. Or of let's course. assume one of our bridal consultants had a bad day. Yeah. And she walked away from the bride and she said, She said some negative that words. That bride yeah. and her mother <laughs> are the worst. Are the worst pieces of whatever that yes. ever have walked in here. Which happens, so, I'm sure, sometimes. It does. And it happens in every business. So yeah. so we were we were concerned about that happening. Of course. And uh, we were concerned also that maybe one of our staff or maybe one of the brides would say something negative about mm-hmm. a designer that we carried or yeah. they didn't like a particular dress. So we were very concerned about this. And so for three years, we everybody came in. We were talking to everybody. The deal with Lifetime blew up. And then one day I got a call from uh, two people out of uh, the Washington, D.C. area who had just left Discovery. Okay. And they were involved in shows like What Not to Wear, mm-hmm. uh, Big world, little people, mm-hmm. big people, little world. Yeah, uh, Miami Inc. They'd done a series of shows that were really great, and they had decided to leave Discovery, and and to go on their own and to form a production company. So they came in, called us, came in from Washington. We had a meeting with them, and I think Ma and I knew in about an hour that we would do business with them. Wow, after three years of yeah. saying no to everybody. Yeah, because the same thing happened with finding the space here. Yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. when you bond and understand each other, it works. It just works. They were, there was no BS from them. Mm-hmm. Everything was straightforward. They were super intelligent. They were very experienced. They understood the importance of the brand. They understood the problems that could happen mm-hmm. doing a reality show. And over the next six to nine months we put together a, a a deal with them we shot a pilot with TLC mm-hmm. uh, originally the show was going to be called Kleinfeld Unveiled which we loved okay because your name was in the forefront My name was of in course. it <laughs> and then we we shot the first episode and Sarah Kozak was one of the executives with with Discovery in in in, in the first show Mar and I used to be on the show a lot in the beginning mm-hmm and uh, in the first show, one of the girls was, was having a problem picking the dress. Classic uh, problem. Classic problem. And I, I said to the girl, I said, you know what? It's easier to say yes to the guy than yes to the dress. Mm. So Sarah Kozak saw the tape a week or two later, called us up and said, we're going to call the show Say Yes to the Dress. We thought <laughs> it was the worst idea. Really? That we so funny. Yeah, we, we, we really didn't way, like it because we, we wanted to have Klein Klein's 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 Of course. We fought them for several months, by the way. Even though it came out of your mouth, this I mean, idea I, that no. you didn't mean to come up with. Listen, sometimes things come out of people's mouths that, that, <laughs> that shouldn't, you know. This is true. So, but it's interesting that the title Say Yes to the Dress now there are approximately 5,500 stores in America selling wedding gowns. Mm-hmm. And you can go into any store, and there is a salesperson there who's going to say to the girl, are you saying yes to the dress? Mm-hmm. And it's changed the nature of the whole business. Sure. And, the, and the show, the other thing that the show has done, it's changed the nature of the of the buying experience in that in the past, when Mar and I owned the business before the show, a bride would come in with her sister and her mother and maybe one other person. And that was it. That was it. A grandmother was always the special invited sure. person. Even the mother-in-law wasn't invited that no, much. No, we don't need her opinion. No. <laughs> so, so as a result of the show, the average number of people that come into Kleinfeld today is now somewhere between six, seven, and eight people coming with a bride. Per, per fitting, per session. Per session. Oh and and it's, it's made it very complicated. Too many opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many diverse opinions. Yeah. 
And too many people, when we do the show, there are those people who, who come to do the show. They want to be stars on the show. So yeah. it becomes a little crazy. But it's changed the nature of the whole industry because we're told by all of our friends who own stores around the country that since the, since the show became so popular that in stores around the country, more people are going with the bride. She's inviting more people. So they to, need bigger space. They yes. They need larger fitting rooms. Yes, yes. And, and it's, become, it's become a whole experience that, that, that makes it special. It's, the, it's not the dress so much. It's the experience of going, and it's a bonding with your mother. Remember, mm -hmm. most of these girls were getting married. They're not living at home anymore. Yeah. And most of them are living with their fiancés. Already, yeah. So all of a sudden, they're coming back, and they're going to be with their mother intimately <laughs> for two or three hours. Yes. And they haven't had that experience for a while. Yeah. So and likely the, two different styles, two different yes, ideas of what yes. beauty is for a woman. And the mothers love it. The mothers like the chance to be very, very close to their, mm -hmm. to their daughters. And the, and the daughters, in most cases, like being very close to their mothers, but... They've been out of the house. They're living with their fiancés. They've been to college. Mm -hmm. They form their own independent opinion about yeah. everything. So sometimes it sets up a little conflict, which is what the shows shows of course. sometimes. There's, it's these opinions that I think is what people love and don't love because yeah. everyone has them. And ultimately, it's hard because you want someone's opinion trying on a dress because you don't know. But you have eight people with eight different opinions. That sounds like yeah. a disaster. But what's amazing is the stories, mm -hmm. the bridal stories that uh, are out there. Yeah. It's not even that they have to look for them very hard. Yeah. You know, although each one of the brides has to uh, go on our website and fill out an application mm -hmm. so that the producers can see the story is something that they can use. Yeah. But there are so many of them yeah. and so many interesting things, even when you don't even know that they're happening. Yeah. In the beginning, in the beginning, I would walk into the lobby and, and you, you have at any one time, you've got, you know, 20 brides coming in every few hours with their families. And I would go in the lobby, Mara would go in the lobby, and we'd look for interesting people who we thought were interesting. And we'd start to BS with them and chat with them a little bit. And if we liked them, we would say, would you like to do the show? In the early days when they had no yeah. idea. And, well, it, was, and it was great, we, by the way. It was course. great because... It was spontaneous. They weren't trying to be famous. They weren't trying to be famous. Yeah. And they were very natural. They didn't mm -hmm. think about it. They didn't plan anything. And it was great. But then the show became a really big deal. It's a thing, yeah. And uh, between the network and the production company, they have a big casting department. Yeah. And now they go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of brides to get who we shoot for yeah. the season. Yeah. I remember one of the brides that we had that was really memorable that we found in the lobby. She was from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And she was from Cirque du Soleil. Okay. She was fabulous looking. Do you remember her? She was she so was amazing. She was great. Yeah. She was great. And she, she was in town for only a couple of days. She wanted to buy a dress from us. And it happened. She yeah. found her dress. But it was just so automatic. And, it just you know, worked. She almost did some flip-flops, you know, when she <laughs> in was the dress. <laughs> that was exciting because, it, and it was exciting when we picked them, when we just went into the lobby and got the brides because they were so unprepared. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it was natural. Today, today it's, it's, again, they go through a casting process because they want to make sure that the story has some drama. Uh, some authenticity. That it's, sensi that it's sensitive because mm -hmm. they're looking for sensitive topics. It's a very fine line. Uh, yeah. And there are still things that happen on the show that we that we don't necessarily love. We've become a little <laughs> more lenient over the years. Of course. In terms of letting it happen. And Jeanette is Jeanette, who's head of marketing and, and, and public relations at Kleinfeld, is the keeper of the grill that way to make sure that none of these things get out of hand. Of course. Do you watch every episode? Too much. <laughs> you watch too much. I mean, that's a lot of TV. That's a we, lot of... Well, we really live it. <laughs> yes. You don't need to watch it because you live it. We well, live you it. Know, but you know what? We get a chance. We have, we have somebody, uh, Amy Rogers, who, who uh, used to produce Good Morning America mm -hmm. for Joan London. Amy, Amy looks at all of the tapes uh, as they're being shot. And, and really, every night she's looking at something. And and calls Mar and I up at night to say, I saw something, I don't know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel oh, about that? that's amazing. So we go through it because sometimes there's something that we really, that we're uncomfortable with. Sure. And then we'll have a conversation with uh, with the production company, we'll talk to the network, and we'll try to 
see if there's some Make way sure that we can mo modify it a little bit so yeah. it's, it's not feel so, kosher. It's, so it's not embarrassing to the bride or her family yeah we're very conscious of that it's not necessarily that it should be embarrassing to Kleinfeld it's we want to make sure that nothing is ever embarrassing to a bride or her family, her family. it's very important to us yeah especially around such a sensitive day and it's such an emotional day mm -hmm. so that's enough about the show let's talk about your history originally I don't think people know Kleinfeld began in Brooklyn Yes, Nin it did. 1941. Okay. It started out, uh, it was owned by Mrs. Kleinfeld's family. It was a fur business mm -hmm. back in the in the 30s and 40s. Where in Brooklyn was uh, it? In Bay Ridge. Okay. Bay Ridge, 82nd Street and 5th Avenue. And little by little, from 41 on, Mrs., her name was, they called her Mrs. K. Mm-hmm. But her name was Mrs. Schachter. She was married to Jack Schachter. Okay. And they wound up running the business together until they sold it. And and what they did, they started bringing in bridal and ready-to-wear to mix in with the furs. Okay. Because if you need a fur, you might need a fancy well, well, dress. They, they, I, I think that they, they were concerned that in the summer they were doing no business. Mm. And the bridal business certainly is significant in the, in the spring, in the summer, in the mm -hmm. fall. Well, they so, also had ready-to-wear and evening wear. It was really a full. Yeah. It was an extension full of, their, of their store. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and uh, and what made the business iconic was that back in the forties and fifties, Mrs. Kleinfeld got on a plane and went to Europe. None of the stores in America, none of the stores, none of the department stores who had bridal, none of the independents went on a plane looking for bridal designers in London, Abroad. in Paris, in mm -hmm. Barcelona, in Milan, and in Germany. Mm -hmm. Nobody went. Pre-internet, pre, like, this was just, let's mm -hmm. go find and, some designers. And so, well, about 35 years ago or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's back, you know, you're talking about back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So the fact is that, that so she would bring back dresses from all of these countries, and she'd bring back one of a, one of a style. Mm-hmm. She didn't, in those days, she didn't set it up where you could order from the designer there. She brought it back. She had a special room in Brooklyn. And if she spotted a customer who had a little bit of, ex, a, a budget that was a little bit in excess <laughs> healthier. of, a little healthier budget, she would take them into her special room. <laughs> to show that. And she would have in that room five, six hundred dresses uh -huh. that, were, that were in those days priced high. But they were unique, and they were from the best designers abroad in, abroad in those yeah. countries, and that's what made that's what helped make the business. So what, what mm -hmm. helped it was, she negotiated tough with the designers. She had every major designer in America who she wanted exclusively in in this area of the country in Brooklyn. Wow! And she had exclusively those designers that she went and 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 seeked and sought out in in Europe, and that's what made the business. And so people knew. That they should schlep to Brooklyn to see her, to see her, uh -huh. and to and to see the staff, and uh, and it was, a, it was an unbelievably successful business. Yeah. I mean, they mm -hmm. it was. It was also at the time that the competition wasn't that great. Sure, it was really a pilgrimage that every girl had to make after she got her mm -hmm. engagement ring. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was renowned. Yeah. And from there, when did the move happen from Brooklyn to where we are today? In 2000, in, we, we had bought the business back in the 90s. Okay. And what's your relation to each other? We're, we're, we're partners in life. Okay. So you're together yes. romantically yeah. and business. Yes. That's yes. amazing. And how long have you been together? 30 years. So you work together, live together, and you still love each other. By the way, there are days, yes, and days that we have. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. You know? I mean, we, well, that's the truth. We, we have, we have, by the way, we have days that are great, and we have yeah. days that we have uh, disagreements. Of you course. Know? That's, it's, it's what it is. After that know? length of time, it happens. By the way. Yeah, 30 my, years my, is a long time. Most of my friends say how... They could never be in business with the person that they live with. They find you it difficult. You need your space. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's over 30 years. Yeah. I think yeah. we're hitting 33 or yeah, something. Whatever. Yeah, it's, whatever. It's, 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 it's a while. It. He's it's like, a, whatever it is, and she it, knows exactly it's what it while. is. It's a while. It's a while. So uh, where were we? We were talking. Um, when you bought the company, how it moved from Yeah, so we always to. knew. We always knew the plan. Mara, Mara, was, Mara had run 
the whole women's apparel business and the cosmetics business at Saks okay. for 20 years. Got it. And uh, then she went into her own consulting business and did some interesting things. She was running Jeffrey Bean's businesses and, mm-hmm. and was involved with Cebu department stores in Japan. Anyway, so what happened was she, she, she went to consult for Kleinfeld in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and back in the 90s. And she came home and she said, we should buy the business. Wow. Well, it was. Were um, they selling, or you just knew you well, wanted? Well, no. What happened was that they had called for me to help them in a turnaround because the company was in very bad shape, mm-hmm. and it had just been purchased by a company out of Boston called mm-hmm. Gordon Brothers, who were liquidators of merchandise. Got it. And they had just uh, very shortly before that set up a company that would be liquidators of companies, not only merchandise. Oh. So they had bought Kleinfelds to okay. be one of those companies. Sure. So they bought it knowing that it was uh, on the way down yep. at a low price. They were going to put some money into it and, sell and it then and flip it up for it. a lot more money. Yeah. I don't think they realized exactly how bad the company had gone down mm-hmm. in the seven years of the uh, different ownership, you know, that uh, after the Schachters had it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they peop- a lot of people had left. You know, there are a lot of things that were really not managed properly at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why they called me and asked me if I could come in and, and make a plan that would turn the business get, to around. To get it back on track, sure. Yeah, so I was there for over nine months uh, working with the staff and working with everybody, and I presented a plan. And they said, this is, we're not spending any more money. Because they had been just flowing money into the company mm-hmm. without even knowing where it was There's going. There no plan, yeah. They were flying in people from Boston. They were giving people raises. They were living like the company was a wealthy company. Sure. And there was, nobody had gotten paid in the industry for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, and the industry supported Kleinfelds because... It was such an iconic name mm-hmm. that nobody ever thought that it could ever go under because the people that had owned it before Gordon Brothers were financed by banks. Got it. So, so they that had big money, all of a sudden money. gave them security that everything sure. was going to be fine. Well, it wasn't. Yeah. And so one day that um, we had to make a call uh, to Gordon Brothers, the, per- the people that were there from the from the company, to get money for payroll. And Gordon Brothers said, you know, this is the end of it. We're, We're not doing this. The company's up for sale. So that's exactly what happened. So, so we, we, wound up, we wound up buying it. So what happened that's was amazing. that, that uh, they, 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 the, the business had always, had always done phenomenally well. The Kleinfeld family sold it in the 80s. The people who took it over in the interim before Ma and I bought it really messed up the business. They were absentee owners, mm-hmm. absentee owners. They just they destroyed the business, and uh, so they wound up. Uh, they, so Gordon Brothers came in, you know, to 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 try to turn it around. They couldn't do it. Uh, so we wound up buying the business in the '90s, late '90s, and we turned the business around, mm-hmm. and we did it the old-fashioned way one bride at a time mm-hmm. just making sure this, we're the same as if you're in a fine restaurant yeah you go into a restaurant how they greet you at the front door yeah. how friendly they are how professional they are how they walk you to your table how they sit you down how they set the table mm-hmm. how they present the menu how they how they present the food the quality of the food yeah. the consistency of the food all of that the all ex- the touch points all the touch points, all the experience. Yeah. So from the day we took it over, that was the focus of what to do. It was to make it as if it was the highest end retail business in the world with the most special customer service. Mm-hmm. And what we started to do immediately when we bought it was to give out our home number. Oh, wow. So, so Your phone number at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. So thousands and thousands of girls from the day we bought the business had our number at home. And we get 30, 40 calls, and I still, by the way, get 30, 40 calls a night. Wow, because your number's out in the universe. The my, no, the number's out there. So I have my business card, and, and that goes to... It's also we have, on the website. We, we, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah we have wow. 100 brides coming today you know, for appointments, and they're, they all have a card that has my number at home. It's told, and then they get an email tonight. It says, please call to midnight. We're here for you all the time. So we, we built the business back up, and we're the biggest. Yeah. And the most successful... But it's all because 
we care more about this bride than anybody. Mm. We will do anything. It's not about making money. This business is very successful. Sure. And if we're going to mess something up, and every great business messes something up, a restaurant, you go into the Palm restaurant, my friends own the Palm. The steak comes out a little too well done. The waiter's not going to look at it and say, well, it looks good to me. The waiter's going to fix it. The waiter's going to say, I'm so sorry. Let me go inside, and I'll get you another one right away. Mm -hmm. So we, we do the same thing with our brides. We can mess something up. It doesn't happen a lot. But we, we're going to make sure that when this girl walks down the aisle, whatever it cost us, she has to feel the most beautiful that she's ever felt mm. in her life. And that's how we built the business back up. Yeah. And uh, in, in Brooklyn, we had about 140 people working for us. And here we have about 250 people working oh, wow. for us. So really the business grown. has grown dramatically. Brooklyn, we had about 16,000 square feet. Here we have about 35,000 square feet. Are you getting too big for this space? We've been too big for this space for a long time. <laughs> From the it. day that we walked in, Got I it. think Jeanette was one of the people that looked at me and said, what were you thinking? <laughs> it's too small. You know, it was just too small. And we use every single inch. Yeah, yeah we could use more. We, I mean, we, we have space down. We do a lot of construction in the house so we can move walls and do yeah. things, which we have all the time. We waited since 2003 for the mezzanine. It just became available. We just took the mezzanine, uh, another 1,700 square feet. So we're, we're on the case, and we did. We opened in Toronto a few years ago mm -hmm. uh, on, on Queen Street within Hudson Bay. Okay. And that, that store is enormously successful. Uh, it's a beautiful store. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's more contemporary. Is it a franchise, or you're the owner of no, that no, store no. As it, well? it, 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 it's a it's a venture. It's a special joint venture between okay. Hudson Bay and Kleinfeld. Beautiful. And it's a it's a it's a hybrid kind of a deal. And uh, their staff up there is great. That whole staff was trained down here. Okay. The alterations process is the same as we do down oh, here. Wow. Uh, but the space is very contemporary. Mm -hmm. This is more traditional. This space is more contemporary. It's beautiful. The business is successful. And they're, and they're capturing, on Queen Street in Toronto, they're capturing brides from all over Canada to yep. go there. So uh, that, so that, that, that's international been, presence. Yes. So that's, that's been working great. So and you do all of your tailoring here. Mm -hmm. Yes. A lot of bridal stores now, you buy the gown and you walk away and they're done with you. It's well, they, or they recommend you to somebody to do it. They send you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everything here, a major difference. We have 110 people downstairs that wow. are fitting, sewing, beading, and pressing. Yeah. And they're the key to the business. Of course, because everybody is yeah. different. Liter you know, no one dress fits. And every, every dress needs to be altered. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a perfect fit sure and uh and so there's a lot of work it takes over anywhere from 25 to 30 hours per dress wow from the time that they come in for a fitting and the brides don't understand that by the way the, no. the, the brides and the mothers don't understand that the dress is totally manufactured by the designer yep. it comes in in a size 8 10 12 20 whatever, whatever it, it is, is. Yeah. we take apart the dress and, and reconstruct the dress on the girl's body and if yeah. there's beading, lace, embroidery, swastika crystals, whatever's on there, we have to take it all off and then put it back on after we after we sculpt the dress to the That's girl's amazing. body. That's amazing. So it's, it's not just taking an inch on the bottom. It's yeah. literally re-sculpting. So e even if it's just a little bit that you're taking in, which it very seldom happens, sure. <laughs> a dress is made with about five or six different linings. Mm -hmm. So no matter how little the adjustment has to be done, it has to be totally opened up. Yeah. And if it's beading, it has to be sewn and matched exactly on top of, of it. All of that takes a lot of time. Yeah, and, and talent. More, and uh, in addition to the time, you need artisans to do that, mm -hmm. which is also, uh, you know, a very difficult thing because yeah. it's uh, they're hard to find, mm -hmm. and uh, they work very, very hard. Yeah. And we have a season in alterations that it's a very busy season, from March through October. Yeah. We go. Over way over 100 appointments a day, yeah. sometimes 140. Wow! And all those dresses have to be done. Like, Something has like to if be we're done. doing one. Yeah, they have to be all special. That's amazing. The, the the hardest thing in running a business today, from our standpoint, and in talking to my friends who run businesses for them also, is finding people who care. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing is to find people 
who genuinely care about what they're doing every day. Mm-hmm. And who love what they're doing. It's, it's, it's getting more difficult. Yeah. And uh, younger people's attention span to staying in the same company very short. Is, is much short compared to, I mean, somebody would go out of, I'm going to be 75 years old this year, but when I graduated college, people would absolutely think about having a career with one company. For life, yeah. For a lifetime. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. No, if you get a year, you're lucky. Well, we, we, we pray that we get three or four. <laughs> but, but, but that's it, what they encourage in college. Yeah. They really uh, you know, encourage different exposures, sure. different experiences. If you're bored, move on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, well, find what you love. Or, yeah. And uh, hopefully that will be something that you can stay longer. But yeah. Yeah, so is you have to look at resumes in a whole different way than I'm you sure. used to. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you can't just say, well, they just moved around a lot. You really have to analyze and see what kind of benefits they got from and where from each and move why. that they did and yeah. why they did that. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting time, I think, for a lot of businesses transitionally. But for fashion world, that ship seems like it's sinking. In many ways, like a lot of store closures and Vogue just shut down their magazines abroad. But for the bridal world, it seems as though maybe there's an opposite trend there. Well, the, the, here's the difference, and 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 we're we're lucky, by the way. This is not this is not from intelligence, but as a retail, most retailers are being hit hard today, even at the luxury end by mm-hmm. by the e-commerce business. Yes, and and it's going to get worse. Yeah, because they'll just buy online everything. Everything. And, I mean, who would believe that you'd order all of your groceries online, that you wouldn't go into the supermarket and touch walk down tomato. the aisles and touch a tomato, mm-hmm. and that you would trust somebody to deliver your groceries yeah. to you? And, and, and yet, it's unbelievably successful. Yeah. And now you've got Amazon that just bought Whole Foods, which, which is, is a, it's a brilliant move. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. So, but here's the difference in our business. We're not selling a dress. Mm. We're selling an experience to a bride and her family and her friends that you can't replicate online. Yeah. Now, you can do it. You can do it in segments of the bridal industry. You can sure. do it with accessories. Accessories, bridesmaids. bridesmaids. In other words, you can do it. But it, And even the mother can buy her dress online. Yeah. The bride... Unless it's a bride, and again, some people, you know, if a girl's going to buy a very cheap dress and it's not important to yeah. her, it's a last-minute wedding, she may go on and buy a dress online and yeah. get it from whatever. Yeah. But it's, but it's not, that's not the business we're in. Yeah. We're in the business of the girl coming here with five, six, seven people, spending two or three hours here, having the time of her life, mm-hmm. going out, having a phenomenal lunch or dinner with everybody having champagne, celebrating it, and making it the second biggest event after the wedding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got the rehearsal dinner, you have the wedding, you have the engagement party, you have looking for the dress. Yeah. And, and it's, so, so we're very fortunate that we're in that segment of the retail business yeah. that really can't be touched online. because it's experiential. Yes. And there's emotion, and you yes. need to... That's amazing. I think that and, that's and, a and by the way, thing. and it's happening, and it it it's it's absolutely happened dramatically in the bridal registry business. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody has to go into a store. It's all to, online. Everything is done online today. So yeah. all those stores that were built, so people should go in and touch Scan the china. Scan everything. Yeah, yeah I mean. It, <laughs> it, Although it, there is a combination that uh, I think some of the completely e-commerce companies mm-hmm. have realized, especially the deal with a product. Yeah. That uh, in clothing or whatever. That they need some kind of a brick and mortar presence. Yeah. People want to touch it. Yeah, even if it's just to see. Yeah. And then go online and buy it. Yeah. And I think that uh, that's kind of what we're looking at for like bridesmaids. Sure. What your future will be in that space. Yeah. But you know, you 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 think about businesses that have been around forever, with a tremendous amount of competition. The best example for me is Peter Luger in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So good. The most iconic <laughs> steakhouse in uh-huh. North America. Yeah. The steak has been the same forever. Yeah. The tomato and onion salad are the same forever. The cream spinach is the same. Yeah. The potatoes are the same. The desserts are the same. Yeah. It's iconic. They're consistent. Yeah. It's consistent. And people know that they're going to go there. The service is going to be consistent. Everything's going to be the same. They also know they're going to wait at the bar for a while, even if, <laughs> e- 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 even if they have a reservation. Got to have a drink. Yeah. You got to have a drink. 
So, but people will get in the car and, and go a long way to get the Peter Luger because it's, ex, it's, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's an experience and it's superb and it's, it's consistent and it's what everybody shoots to be. Yeah. You've got all of the offshoots in New York that have opened up steakhouses. And they're trying. Yes, but there's still only one Peter Luger. Yeah. So we hope for us that while there are many, many bridal stores in the tri-state area and there are 5,500 all over the country, that the, that the reason that we're busy every day, I mean, today is, is, is Thursday, and you saw you walked in. We've got, got 100 brides here looking to buy dresses yeah. today from all over. We just want to make sure that no matter what, that we keep the experience level at, at the most unique level that, that we could have and, and to make sure that when this girl leaves, whether she buys a dress or not, she says, wow, I understand why it's so special. Mm-hmm. And what gratifies Ma and I, I think more than anything, is sometimes we'll just walk out during the day to take a little breather and we'll be on the sidewalk and a family comes out mm-hmm. and, the, and maybe six, seven people and the bride is on the phone with maybe her best friend who couldn't come or her mm-hmm. grandmother and she's on the cell phone. She says, I just got my dress at Kleinfeld. Yeah. And for us... For us, that's probably the most rewarding thing that can happen because it's the excitement. Yeah. It's the excitement. Yeah, and there's nothing that replaces that. Yeah, and you know, even though we carry so many designers and they vary in in numbers continuously, if I ever speak to a bride as she's leaving and she knows she bought a dress, I ask her, what was a designer? She said, I don't know, it's a Kleinfeld's dress. Amazing. Yes. So it that's really that becomes the most important thing. Huh. The, this is an interesting thing about our bridal business. I don't know if it's the same in, in the stores around the country, but a girl will come in here with pictures off of our website, off of the Knotts website, off of a designer's website, whatever. We don't see that many magazine pictures anymore. Anymore. It's digital, no, yeah. It's all digital. And she comes in and she says to her bridal consultant and the bridal consultant's intern, because our, our, we have wonderful interns here, says, I'd like to try these dresses on. And they have a real talk about what the vision is. And mm-hmm. so our consultant starts to bring in the dresses that she has the pictures of. We sell thousands and thousands of dresses. I would say, out of the thousands of dresses that we sell every year, that maybe 200 of them are the dresses that the girl came in with a picture of. Oh, really? That low of a number? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a tiny percentage because our consultants, our, remember that the girl is looking at the picture mm-hmm. online. Of course. She sees it in a perfect setting yeah. on a bride who's 5'10". Who doesn't maybe model. look like her body. Sure. Yes, yes. And perfect lighting, perfect makeup, perfect yeah. everything. And now the girl's going to idealized. Put the, idealized. Yeah. So now she comes in and she tries them all on. And it's rare that she that she buys one of those dresses, yeah. and norm, so then our consultants start the process of an hour and a half to two hours of pulling dresses that they think this girl is going to love. Actually, will love. Yes. Based on who she is, what she wants. Yeah. Yes, and based on on learning what she didn't look good in. Mm-hmm. That's very important, by the way. Yeah. Because the girl is conscious of her tummy. She's conscious of her hips. And her arms. She's conscious of her arm. She's conscious about this area up here. Mm-hmm. Whatever we call that area. I don't know what the that is. The above the breasts area. Above breast area, yes. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. it's called. Or the so back. Tummies. We're conscious of tummies, tushes, yeah. and, tummies, tummies, tushes, and hips. Okay. And, and they want to have a waistline. Yeah. They want the waistline to look great. So whether a, if a girl is a size 6, she wants to look like she's a size 4. If she's a 24, <laughs> she wants to look like she's a 12. Of course. So that's our job. Yeah, you know? and that's what yeah. you do time and time again. And many times they'll, you know, they'll, they'll come in being a size 12 or a 14, and they insist that they want a size they're 8. They're going to lose weight. Because they're going to go to the, the gym and they're going to lose weight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll do whatever they say, because sure. they have to sign for the size. Yeah. Uh, because they, we recommend the size that they should have. Of course. And I would say probably more than ninety percent of the time, our size the is the right oh. size. <laughs> Are you not, hearing not, that, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> not the futuristic one. Sure. Uh, although sometimes when it happens, it's a, 
You know, and they say, well, listen, I'll go with the size that you recommend. And they yeah. come in and they say, well, I just lost 50 pounds or yeah. something. But we can, you know, our you people are so it. professional, they can adjust that with yeah. no problem. That's amazing. Where can people find you online and this store? Where can they find us? Online, your website, your Instagram. Oh, and we're, this. we're on every, we're, we're, everything. Uh, Instagram, I mean, Facebook. Yes. Twitter. Uh, our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the website is Kleinfeld. Kleinfeldbridal.com. Okay. And then your address here. 110 West 20th Street. Beautiful. But all appointments are made online. But, but, not, by the way, no, we take it. Or we they do, can call you. They, they can, <laughs> no, they, by the way, they can call the store. Mm-hmm. Or so there's still can. people talking to people. And by the way, if anybody's listening and they want my number at home, it's 516-236-5589. I'm going to call you. Absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, I take calls till midnight. Okay, that's customer service. It's the yeah. best. We, we, I don't we try. even do that. I'm calling you. It's become part of it. You know what? We we, we actually enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. We enjoy it. Well, I mean, you know, they don't really, they're not abusive about no, it. They no. really, uh, they really have some major problems sometimes. Sure. You know, one specifically, I think there was a girl in uh, Hawaii, and the wedding was uh, in two days, and, and someone was pressing her veil and burned it. Oh, no. And burned a big hole in it. And we knew that there was no way that we're going to get a veil from here to Hawaii at the right time. We're very friendly with many of the retailers all over the country. So I called one of the retailers in San Francisco. Fortunately, it was not a very difficult veil, Mm -hmm. not with a lot of beating. It was quite simple. So that store did us a favor, got the veil, put it on FedEx, and it got there the next morning. Wow. So... Calls like that really make you feel incredible Uh that you were able to solve a problem that made a lot of sense because of the way we work. We have, you know, a lot of friends in the industry. We have a lot of friends in the stores, and and that we can call on them for something. You know, I love that. We had a celebrity just recently who uh, couldn't come in for their last fitting. She was in Washington. She was with the government. So we sent two people. With her dress. Uh, with her dress to a store that we were friendly with. And she came to the store and they fitted her. And, uh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. One of the calls that, that is not an uncommon call is a girl will call late at night. And she'll say, I probably get two, at least two of these a month. She'll call late at night and she'll say, is this Ronnie? I said, yeah, hi. She says, it's so-and-so. And I was in the store today and it was between two dresses. My mother want my mother liked me in one dress, <laughs> and I liked me. And I liked me in another. I wound up settling for the dress that my mother liked me in, but I, I I'm not going to sleep tonight. I I have to come back in. I need to put that dress on again, put the other dress back on again because I'm not going to listen to my mother. I get at least two or three of those a month. The mom debate. Yeah. yeah. So so I send so when I get that and it's before midnight I. I text somebody who's going to come into production in the morning in the store. Tell them don't order the dress, and we're going to we're going to have the girl come back in again. And, and do both. And sometimes she'll come back in without her mother. That's probably the best. She'll way come to with her sister. Yeah. Or her best friend, and they'll put it on, and they'll go through it, and and then they'll feel comfortable, and then they'll hug me because we just saved their lives. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It feels yeah. that way. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, this yeah. has been so lovely to meet both of you and to chat with both of you and hear about the love you have for your business and I wish you so much success and I'm excited to keep sending my own brides here. We're happy to do this and and we've enjoyed the chit chat. And we will look forward to meeting your brides. Perfect. (laughs) Have a good one. Weddings-ish! Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Weddings-ish with Jove. It really means the world to me. I would also love to encourage you to share with your friends the podcast link, share on social media, and of course, feel free to leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. It's super helpful. It takes just a moment. Tell us what you're loving, why you love it. And again, if you have any wedding planning questions, we'd love to hear them. Podcast at Jove meyerevents.com. Again, it's podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Send any and all questions. We love to answer them. No questions off limits. Weddings-ish! The music in this podcast was recorded by Mel Flannery of Mixtape Cover Band. If you're looking for a wedding band that will get you rocking and dancing and all over the dance floor, you should definitely check out Mixtape Cover Band. Weddings-ish! Weddings-ish!